1: The Oklahoma City Thunder trade for Gordon Hayward, make their roster better. Let's recap the trade deadline, talk about the buyout market, and rank the roster for the playoff rotation all coming up on today's show.
0: You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Let's get it going on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and lead beat writer for InsideTheThunder.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lothunderpod. Email the show, Lothunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder, trading for Gordon Hayward. What does he bring to the table? And let's rank this roster as the playoff rotation now. Becomes a big question, and we're entering buyout season in the NBA. Are there any buyout candidates for Oklahoma City? Let's recap the deadline in general. But again, thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube. Also, check out insidethethunder.com for all of the great written work over there. But let's talk deadline. This went about as expected. It went exactly as expected, actually, uh, if you've listened to this podcast. So, Gordon Hayward. Uh, was traded to Oklahoma City for Vasimicic, Trey Mann, and Davis Bretons and two second-round picks. The Thunder made a move, as we said they were going to. The Thunder got better, as we said they were going to. And the Thunder got Gordon Hayward, who we discussed a ton on this show. And when you break down this move, it is a no-risk, extremely high-reward move. Let's talk the high-reward. So this season, Gordon Hayward is averaging you know 14 points a game, four rebounds a game, four assists a game. Uh, and obviously, it's on a smaller sample size. He hasn't he has not played since uh, December 26th with a calf strain, but was uh, upgraded to questionable on Wednesday. So, how much of that was him, uh, you know, not playing due to them knowing it was the end of his Charlotte tenure? I think that that has a lot to do with it. We'll get a more clear update on that status uh, at practice on Friday, and um, as the injury report comes out for the Dallas game Friday night. Uh, but overall, this is what Gordon Hayward thrives in. He thrives in transition with 1.264 points per possession. Anything above a one is outstanding. Uh, he's really good in transition. Uh, 1.36, 1.389 points per possession on cuts. So he's a really good transition player, really good player working on cuts. He cashes in catch-and-shoot looks at a 42% clip, and unguarded catch-and-shoot looks increased to 52%. He shoots 70% at the rim and 41% on corner threes. And you look at his... Um, you know, stats throughout his career. And it's been obviously pretty consistent. 70% at the rim uh, this year, uh, 73% on the rim, at the rim last year, uh, 69% at the rim back in uh, 1920, whenever he was able to play 52 games. uh, And, you know, corner three-point shooting, that's been consistent. Smaller sample size this year, but last year he shot 42%. The year before that, he shot 43%. The year before that, he shot 64%. The year before that, he shot 42%. So it's been very consistent. And you have to factor in that, that it's an even smaller sample size in Charlotte because they don't have the drive-and-kick options OKC does. They don't generate open uh, catch-and-shoot threes for their for their guys as often as Oklahoma City does. And so putting him in Oklahoma City as a guy who has routinely, throughout his career, shown an ability to knock down three-pointers and knock down catch-and-shoot threes and knock down corner threes is only going to make this team better, is only going to enhance who he is as a player. This is somebody who spent a lot of time around playoff teams. He's played 29 postseason games, starting 16 of them, averaging 15 points, four rebounds, three assists, 1.2 stocks per game, while shooting 40% from the floor, 35% from three, and 95% at the charity stripe. So Gordon Hayward is a passable defender, uh, especially within this team construct, because he's able to still use uh, kind of his size to, to deflect passes uh, and just fill the gap. He can be a team defender while you have so many options to put around him who can mask his inefficiencies um, and mask his kind of deficiencies, I should say, on defense. And then you get a massive scoring punch off the bench, someone who can create for themselves a little bit and someone who can finish plays uh, off of guys like SGA, guys like J-Dub, uh, and Gordon Hayward himself can even run the pick and roll a little bit uh, and take pressure off of J-Dub and Shea, specifically with Jalen Williams whenever he's staggered down to the secondary unit he Gordon Hayward is a player who NBA defenses respect. They know they understand the coaching staffs, respect them. Like they're going to um you know alleviate some of the doubles and, and, and stress that they can put on J Dub and Shea. And if they don't, now you've got a much better weapon uh to score off of. And the Thunder, we're gonna get into ranking the roster. They have the luxury of limiting his minutes as best they, they can and, and whatever's best for Gordon Hayward individually, especially during the stretch run of this regular season to, to work him back in, but not overwork him, just do enough to get him ready for the postseason. They have that luxury because they've had, you know, unrealistic and, and, and kind of like un, unbelievable injury luck, Right. And because they have such a deep, talented roster still, even with this trade. And so when you look at Gordon Hayward, the only cause for concern are two things, right? One is the injury history, and let's just we can knock that out at at a later date. What Gordon here would provide you is someone who's been around young teams trying to accomplish um, what this Thunder team is trying to accomplish. He's on he's been on podcasts talking about being a leader in those kind of rooms. He succeeded with young coaches young coaches before, namely Brad Stevens, uh, and he can legitimately close out playoff games for you. And while people were clamoring for bigger bodies and people were clamoring for um, somebody who could get rebounds and and could do that kind of a brunt work, Gordon Hayward actually addresses what I would argue is the biggest uh, deficiency of this Thunder roster because they're designed to not get raw rebounds. They're designed to not uh, compete on the glass in that way. And they're going to lean into this identity and play this way no matter what happened today at the trade deadline. What they can't afford to have happen are these scoring lulls. And we talked about this before the trade even happened. We talked about this this uh, yesterday morning uh, on the show, which you can go back and listen to on Thursday morning's show before the trade deadline. We talked about how the scoring lulls that happened to this team have been what's doomed them in their losses. There's not been many losses, but each point in those losses, you've seen uh, scoring droughts where if they just got a little bit more offensively, they'd be able to win those games even with um, the rebounding disadvantage, even looking back to Utah, uh, those spurts where you struggled on Tuesday to score. Now you have Gordon Hayward to help you out and help spacing in. You have Gordon Hayward who, when you're down Isaiah Joe in Utah, you can still close the game and and, and get a change earlier to your lineup uh, to to enhance your floor spacing. So uh, Gordon Hayward just provides so much and does address a, a massive, massive, massive um, hole for this team. It isn't the rebounding hole, but frankly, every step of the way, the Thunder have not wanted to address that. They, they have the assets, they have the resources, and they've had the opportunity to address um, getting, a, getting a big old rebounder, right? And they've never done it. They want to play this way. It creates them a ton of advantages to play this way, uh, by getting out in the passing lanes and, and causing chaos uh, and, and getting turnovers. And when they do get rebounds, making them count by pushing the pace and getting out in transition. And even without their, you know, even with as bad as they are at the raw rebounding numbers, i believe they're 27th and rebounding right now. They have a top three offense, top three defense uh, type of roster and type of team for the majority of this season. And Gordon Hayward helps maximize and build upon things that you already do well and get you over the hump, with those scoring lows and scoring droughts. And then the no risk move is as simple as this. The only drawback to Gordon Hayward is his health, is his injury history. Let's say that Gordon Hayward n- never plays a single minute for the Thunder, which, you know, uh, you know, God willing, he'll play a, a minute for the Thunder. But let's just say he didn't. The Thunder gave up Trey Mann, who has a chance to, to, at a fresh start to really pop in Charlotte, and I, I'm really, really happy for him uh, to get this chance in Charlotte to, to kind of prove himself. But at the end of the day, he was never going to play in Oklahoma City. Like, like he was, he was proven to not factor into what Oklahoma City's doing, right, wrong, or indifferent. So even if he were to go pop in Charlotte, that would have never happened in OKC. So it doesn't matter in that way. Hopefully for him, he does pop. But, but he was never going to be given that chance to pop, right, wrong, or indifferent in Oklahoma City. So, the, so that's a non-factor for for your future. Dallas Bertans is a, is a salary matching non-factor as well. At best, he could have been used as a gadget player to throw in at the end of quarters uh, to provide you a shooting spark. Gordon Hayward can be thrown in in, in stretches, not as a gadget player, but in stretches um, and even close games for you in the postseason. Dallas Bertans not do that. You got an obvious upgrade to Dallas Bertans, and then Vasily Mitchich, who had been playing more, um, and I think that like he could have made an impact in big games just due to his overseas history, but when you get down to Vassil if the shot making never came around, which it was not um, coming around to this point, the defensive limitations would have just would have just put him on the shelf in the postseason. And he's talked about how much he struggles on defense and struggles with the uh, lack of you know protection in the NBA defensive system. You you have three seconds in the lane. Your your big man cannot just camp out down there. Uh, you're not playing. A, as team oriented defense in the sense of you're able to be isolated whereas whereas you know the spacing in Euro leagues you're you're not on an island you, you always have help either on the back end with your anchor being able to camp in the paint or uh, help next to you uh, to help off of their guy and uh, help double team and help plug gaps and things like that that're easier to do with the spacing in the Euro leagues and it's not easy to do in the NBA so that he was a massive question mark to ever play meaningful playoff minutes whereas Gordon Hayward as long as he's just physically healthy he for sure will play meaningful playoff minutes and help you in the playoffs. And then you give away two of your 22nd round picks. That's fine. That's a drop in the bucket. And, you know, that's something that um, you want this Thunder team to do. And, and it's something that, you know, they give away two of their 22nd round picks that are tradable. And in doing so, you can look at how easy it is to reacquire those two picks and make up those two picks somewhere down the line. and it, And in turn, You made a separate trade to increase the value of one of your first round picks that you own with that Dallas swap, which we'll talk about later on. And I know it's sad for Trey man, especially this team loves Trey man. He was an excellent teammate. He was excellent with the media. He was everything about Trey man was excellent. It's why that everyone's reading for him in Charlotte. And it does suck on the personal side of things. It does suck, but don't, Think that this will kind of change the chemistry or the bond or anything about this Thunder team. This Thunder team also loved Darius Baisley, and they had these same posts on social media about Darius Baisley. And Baisley was a guy who was a great teammate to those guys in the locker room. But you go win games and you move on. It's a business, and you still keep those friendships and relationships, um, even though you're on separate teams. It happens all the time in the NBA. So this does not disrupt chemistry. You, you get a guy for. For two guys who literally had zero important minutes in Oklahoma City, one guy who in Vasa who was coming around into rotational minutes, but but those twelve minutes are now going to be allocated to Gordon Hayward. <laughs> they were they were not going to be allocated to Vasa Mitric. And and now it gets uh, fun to try to rank and look at and decide the Thunder's uh, playoff rotation, which we're going to try to do coming up. But first, want to tell you right now, but our good friends over at eBay Motors, check them out today. At eBay Motors, you're going to not want to miss this because our partners at eBay Motors are partnering up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week. It's all season long, whether you're uh, preparing for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, uh, Josh Lloyd's going to help you find the perfect fit for your roster, just like eBay Motors finds the perfect fit to keep your ride or die alive. It's the uh, Josh Lloyd Locked On Fantasy Basketball Fantasy Pick of the Week, the eBay Guaranteed Fit. Fantasy pick of the week, and Josh Lloyd has given us Marvin Bagley III, Asar Thompson, Taylor Hendricks, Cody Martin, and Benedict Matherin as players to choose from. I'm going to go Asar Thompson. I think that he can really shine now that that you see Kenean Haynes got uh got uh released by Detroit and that's kind of taken him out of the fold for the Pistons. Right, it was. Uh, often referred to on the timeline today as like the Moneyball scene where uh, Art Howe really wants to play Carlos Pena, but the front office wants to play Scott Hatterberg. And it's just like, well, you can't play Pena tonight. And the manager's like, well, I'm going to. No, you're not. He plays for Detroit now. In this case, he doesn't play for Detroit anymore. Killian Hayes plays for nobody at the moment uh, on the free agent market. So that opens the door uh, for just a better rotation overall for Detroit. It opens the door for better uh, and more impactful minutes with, um, Thompson on the floor, playing alongside uh, hopefully more uh, minutes of Kate uh, Cunningham and, and more minutes of um, Jay Nivey, making him look better. I will give the nod there. And I'll also give the nod to eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly with brake lights, LED headlights, um, roof racks, and bumpers, and whatever else your baby needs with eBay Motors. They have it for you, And right now they have the guaranteed fit. Uh, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. So check it out today. And with these prices, you're going to be burning rubber, not cash. So check it out and keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's the eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Stiles. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. Subscribe to uh, Locked on Thunder on YouTube and anywhere else you get your podcasts from, and follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Stiles, and check out InsideTheThunder.com. Let's rank this roster. Uh, for the sake of this, this ranking, let's just say that the starting five stays the same. I think that it will. Uh, obviously, uh, people have been wondering if like Gordon Hayward will go into the starting lineup. I think it's best for Gordon Hayward himself t- to be on a more uh, managed bench minute role. Uh, And I think that the Thunder will keep the starting five intact for now. Obviously, could be wrong about that. But let's just just say that for the sake of the easiest argument in in all of this. So you get the starting five of SGA, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Dub, Chat. Cash those names aside. Now, what do you have to work with in Oklahoma City? For me, I have Cason Wallace as the sixth man. Like, you have to play Cason Wallace, given what he gives you on the defensive end, given what he gives you as a shooter. And... Now with this trade, I really suspect that you're going to see more of Cason Wallace playing on ball, playing as a creator, especially in those bench lineups. You've seen it more and more. We've talked a lot on this show about his off the dribble jumpers right now in, in the NBA. You've seen him as as the month of January wore on and the start of February began. You see, you've see, you seen him uh, create more for himself and others. That has to take an uptick, I believe, um, after these trades. And I think that it will. So like, I think Cason Wallace will just get even better post All-Star break post this trade. And then number 7 on the rotation list and number 2 on the bench, I have Isaiah Joe. Isaiah Joe has become more than a shooter and along with his ability to just turn a game on its head as a three-point shooter, he is able to fly in for rebounds, you know, just you know, disrupt possessions either by taking charges and drawing offensive fouls or by getting deflections Uh, Or again, by just stealing away rebounds at his side, he should not be uh, getting the rebounds that he gets a lot of the times, but he's able to end possessions and spark the other way for Oklahoma City. And then you've seen him do more work in the mid-range. You've seen him navigate the pick and roll more as a playmaker, and you've seen him get to the rim more uh, this season. So that helps offensively as well. Then you get down. Those two, I think, are easy. I think that those two, like everyone would agree with. Now I think you get to um, the debates happening. For me personally, I still have Aaron Wiggins at number eight. I think that he's still better than what Gordon Hayward um, can give you because of what he can do on both ends as a play finisher. But uh, I think that Gordon Hayward uh, has a better offensive punch. So I think that there's a debate here. Is this if it's a game where it's a shootout, and and there's games like this. Look, look at Utah Tuesday. You there was nothing wrong with the Thunder defense down the stretch of that game. And Utah scored 124 points and they made a lot of tough shots. Can't think George made two shots from his rear end. So, like t- t- Tuesday's game was a shootout, and you needed scoring, and, and you and you just had to match bucket for bucket. And those there's gonna be stretches, there's gonna be moments of the season, and in the postseason where well, that's the case. And in those games, Gordon Hayward then takes you know spot number number uh, eight, so to say, from Aaron Wiggins. But in a normal flow of a game, Wiggins gives you enough offense with better defense that I still have him above Gordon Hayward. Uh, that's not to say you never play Gordon Hayward. I think that these three guys plus Gordon Hayward should play every single night because of what, you know, as long as Hayward's healthy and can and can do it, um, because Gordon Hayward, I think, gives you the best shot to avoid what's your second worst aspect of your team. First worst, of course, is rebounding, but that's by design. Second worst, which is arguably their first worst, is your scoring droughts. Gordon Hayward helps you limit that. That's why he's number nine. We've talked a lot about Gordon Hayward already. And so now you get to, that's already nine players who you really want to play. And you really want to find action for. Some playoff rotations go as short as eight. That's very much the common number. Um, but for the Thunder, you've gotten to nine and you and you don't really have a backup big man yet, which is where um, this trade, I think, also helps the team in terms of managing Kinrich's minutes and workload as much as, as I really think that Kinrich is a key cog to what the Thunder do. It is, it is proven statistically you know that whenever he plays better, the Thunder are better because he just it embodies their identity so much, playing small, playing off the bench. However, in the last few weeks, there's been multiple games where he just looks a step slow. He looks beat up. He Looks older than he is. We compared him yesterday to Steven Adams, where like you look at him and you go, That's a really old 29-year-old. That's a really, really old 29-year-old. And where I think that this helps is that it just adds another body who is playable every single night. To where I I, I wouldn't I would not be shocked if we see um you know Sunday back to back or or see um you know a stretch in March where like Kindridge isn't playing a lot or isn't playing at all. And when people are wondering why not, but it's for the sake of getting his best self in the postseason. And that really helps the Thunder um, at the end of the day. Even if it costs you some minutes um, right now, him being ready in the playoffs is a different animal and and unlocks a different ceiling for Oklahoma City. And if you get the very best version of Kenneth Williams, he is your 10th best player on this roster. If you get the very best version of Kenneth Williams, you can can flip-flop him with eight and nine as well. Number eleven, I gotta go. J. Will. Jay Will has been really good the last three weeks, um, and, and he proved last year he can be a really serviceable big man uh, for Oklahoma City. This is the time last year where he rounded into form, obviously under different contexts. Last year was due to injury. Last year he got a lot of time, a lot of time with the G League to kind of develop and grow. Um, but this year uh, he's running into form again uh, at this time, and I think that he can uh, really help you in certain matchups that you're going to face off in the West. I think he really helps you against Denver. I think at his at his peak, he can help you against LA. Uh, both of the LAs, but specifically the Lakers. Um, and he can just help you manage series and manage games. So I have him at number eleven. Then you get into some weird spots here. Number twelve, I have Cam'thay Johnson. Uh, he he is a, a he is just a plus plus rebounder for his size, which the Thunder need. Without you know they they can get that rebounding without um, you know compartmentalizing or, or or you know going away from their style of the basketball. Uh, he's, he has an ability to score at the three-point line and also at the rim. Uh, he's a, a great cutter, great in transition. He is really, really switchable defensively, which helps his case a lot and always provides that spark and energy. And you see how that started with Aaron Wiggins of, of being this spark player that now has evolved into a really, really good player. I think that Keontae has has not gotten the credit he deserves for being so good in the G League. Um, and, and so he's number 12. I think he's better than Usman Jang this year, but I have Usman Jang at, at 13. And then I have Poku at 14. Surprised that he uh, survived the trade deadline, but um, Trey Mann and Vasa were clearly more coveted players to pop with Charlotte than than Poku, and there's no point to give away all of them just for the sake of it. If, if they're not going to want Poku, you might as well keep him and let him expire and, and hit restricted free agency. And you would still have you know, half of a season in layman's terms, right? We always, even though it's not the exact 41 game mark, it's past 50 already, but in layman's terms, we always look at the season pre and post all-star break You still have the whole post all-star break to go. Maybe you can find minutes for him to try to work back in the rotation. I don't think that'll happen, but maybe. (laughs) You might as well try because you already have two open roster spots. Uh, And then I'm going to have Lindy Waters at 15 and Olivier Sarr at 16. I I don't think that either one of these guys um, are fantastic players. I think Lindy Waters, you trust him more in your system. Uh, At least he has the theoretical shooting ability. He's not proven it at the NBA level. He's not shot the ball well at the NBA level, but he, at least he's supposed to be able to shoot threes at the NBA level. For Olivier Saar, I'm out on Olivier Saur way more than most are, especially following the G League. Like I just I see him as a player who people look at and, and think that he's a big body, think that he's a traditional big man because he's a he's an he has an awesome body. That's that's undoubtable. But he's not a very good rebounder for his size. He, he blocks shots because he's out of position 60 other times throughout the game, uh, and lets up a lot of shots at the rim that are very easy to try to get those highlight blocks. Um, and, and so that's not great for the defense overall. The rebounding's not there. He doesn't provide anything offensively. Like he, he has very poor hands for for his size. So even whenever he has a nice roll or a nice cut, you're just really hoping that he can come down with it and, and get it up at the rim and score. So that he doesn't really do much anything of anything offensively. Can't space the floor. And then you know defensively. There are some highlights there because of the blocks, but he let up a lot too because of the blocks. So uh, if he could, you know, if he could change his his mindset of just contesting shots versus trying to go for blocks, I think that'd really help him. But you look at the G League, and he gives up more. He gives up a higher percentage at the rim than what Jay will gives up in the NBA. So uh, that's not great. Now, G League, of course, scores a lot more, and they, and they have uh, you know higher offensive ratings and stuff. But just looking at the two. J-Will, especially now with his improved shot blocking, is a better rim, detect, rim protector than Elliot It goes back to the analogy we made a few weeks ago, which I think only one person in the YouTube comments got, uh, was you know you look at Eric Hosmer versus Billy Butler. Eric Hosmer looks like a ball player. Eric Hosmer looks like just a, a, a physical specimen, uh, and he looks like the guy who's supposed to be an all-star MVP, World Series guy. Look at Billy Butler, it's the complete opposite. And, and really, Billy Butler is the much better player than Eric Cosmer. Uh, same thing here. You know, you look at Olivier Sar. He's supposed to be this big man. He's supposed to be this great player. J-Will is much better than him. Uh, even at things that fans, are, you know, can at times criticize J-Will for, he's much better in pick and roll. He's much better protecting the rim than Olivier Sar. So uh, it's a long way to say that like Olivier Sar, don't get fooled by his body and think that like he's some uh, answer to the rim protection. The Thunder do have two open roster spots, and that's going to lead to. Uh, an interesting conversation about what they should do with those roster spots, which we're going to get into coming up. But first, what to say right now about our good friends over at Nissan. Folks, Nissan's great. Nissan is awesome. And if you are adventurous, if you want to kind of untap your wild side a little bit, check out Nissan right now. Because they have the Nissan Rogue which helps you get to where you want to go with their 12.3 inch HD touchscreen information system. The 2024 rogue is a perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure. It can get you anywhere you want to go. It's awesome. You can also check out the Nissan pathfinder, 2024 Nissan pathfinder, because it is able to seat up to eight with their expansive cargo capacity and, uh, their advanced avail- uh, availability, uh, and four times four compatibility, especially plus you have the Nissan uh, Armanda, which will help you change your, your life, really, if you're into uh, cars and want the full size effect of an SUV, this is a full size SUV, uh, SUV. This is uh, the picture of a rugged uh, four times four that can suit up to eight or first class luxury and style the best of both worlds that you want to get with a bigger, uh, more luxury, more spacious car, but also Core that can go and explore uh, and, and go further uh, with the 2024 uh, Armanda. Check it out today. Uh, go right now to the Nissan Rogue or the Nissan Pathfinder or the Nissan Armanda. Get there right now for your next big adventure by shop uh, NissanUSA.com. That's, that's uh, going shopping at NissanUSA.com. NissanUSA.com. This is Jake from Locked
0: On. Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day, the only one breaking down Olivier Sargi League uh, content right now in the midst of trade deadline, but we fight on uh, because we can talk more than just football here. It's not a radio show. It's a podcast. OKC, Gave up their 2024 first round pick, um, you know, in, in the midst of a Dallas trade that landed them uh, Gafford Gatford and the Thunder. Turn that trade in a bad draft, turned that pick in a bad draft to a more, um, juicier pick in 2028. It's a swap with Dallas. What you're banking on is the 28 draft is going to be better than 24 draft, and Dallas is going to be worse than Oklahoma City. So you're going to be able to swap out and get a better draft pick and a better draft class with this move and in a, a draft class in where. Uh, regardless of player pool, which I do think will be better, will be better, but regardless of player pool, um, it's a draft class where that pick will matter more. It'll matter more for your flexibility uh, sake. It'll matter more for trade sake. It'll it'll matter more for um, getting someone on a cheap, controllable you know contract to help out a team that's now paying guys. It will just matter way more than a shot in the dark at a twenty four class, which is not um, very high end <laughs> right now. Uh, and, and and the guys who you like, you got to squint to like. You got to You've got to give them a leash of development, and the Thunder just you know don't have a ton of options to to really um, give players a pathway to develop. But with two open roster spots now after the trade deadline, of course the buyout candidates become a big talking point. So here's a rough list of who's been bought out, who's available. You know, first you want to look internally. You know, Kathy Johnson, Lindy Waters, Olivier Saar. Those three are the big two-way names that could be converted to a standard deal. Looking internally at the blue, uh, the the, the blue players who have NBA prospects, in my opinion, don't fit with what the Thunder need. Um, You know, Jaden Shakerford, I, I don't really think that he's like an NBA guy, but he's gotten a lot better this year. I think that the problem with Shaq is that he's got to prove it on a more consistent basis that he's truly gotten better as a playmaker, gotten better as a defender, gotten better as a live ball creator. Um, you know, and, and he's not had a big enough sample size yet. Jemias Ramsey, he's really improved his three-point shot. That's been legit. I think that a team should absolutely go sign Jemias Ramsey tomorrow, uh, yesterday even, uh, for, for Jemias Ramsey, but again, doesn't fit with the another need. And then K.J. Williams is too soon to go get him because he has not proven enough that he can stretch the floor. If he If he, and he's been working on it, he's been working on it, but if he could have done better in the first half of the year at shooting the basketball as he tried to do, uh, that'd be a much more legitimate conversation. So internally, you're looking at Keontae, you're looking at Lindy Waters, you're looking at Olivier Sarr. You know, of course, the buyout candidates extend to Spencer Dinwiddie, Robin Lopez, Marcus uh, Morris, Daniel House, Joe Harris, Kenyon Hayes, Victor Oladipo, Dad Young, and Delino Gallinari. You know, I, I, my prediction would be that, you know, one of the two two-way contracts or even both of the two-way contracts, you'll get, uh, you know, or even both spots get filled by converting two-way contracts. The case would be Mark, you know, really, really trust Lindy Waters, and so converting him makes makes him playoff eligible. Um, in the case of a world ankle, in the case of an injury, uh, that's a guy that Mark just just trusts above all else. Like like if you just went on trust factor, I think Lindy Waters ranks way higher than you would ever imagine uh, with Mark. Uh, but of course, it's not all about trust. Uh, and then the Thunder, from top to bottom, really seem to really uh, you know like Keontae Johnson from all that I've heard and kind of what the vibe I get is that they really like Keontae Johnson. Um, I would not be shocked at all to see them uh, sign him to a very team-friendly contract, something you know that, that you've seen them do often with Wiggins and other players of um, getting these guys in in the fifties and or even undrafted in the case of Ludor and uh, signing them to a fake first-round deal in the sense of. It's it's modeled after the first round contract, but way more non-guarantees, way more opt-outs for the team, uh, way more protection for the team uh on a lower scale, of course, than a first round deal, but modeled that same kind of way in terms of years and and everything else. So that, that's kind of what I think will happen. I think that they'll uh convert their two-way guys. I think they'll convert Lindy and Keontae. Um, of course, Olivier's still in play. Uh and, and you know, the buyout guys, like there's there's some names that, that will get people excited. I think that the biggest one right now is, is Gallinari. I think that he'd be uh, good for this team. But we'll see how the buyout you know, lane plays out. Obviously, the new buyout rules help teams like Oklahoma City um, than in years past. But they have the ability to, to go make something happen. And they, and once again, they've done stuff on the buyout market before uh, in Oklahoma City. I wouldn't put it past them to do it again. Uh, but I also wouldn't pass put it past them to uh, sign Lindy Waters or Keanthe Johnson or Olivier Sarr to a standard deal. Now for Keanthe, I think that it would be, um, again, that kind of you know, fake first round model of, in terms of years. For Lindy, I think it'll be closer to uh, what you saw last year where they still had the ability to get out of it right that second, and they would get out of it as soon as the year ended and then try to uh, rework it from there. Uh, but that's kind of where my prediction would be what the Thunder would do. Uh, but of course, the buyout market will still be fluid. Uh, guys will still get bought out today probably. Um, and we'll hear more rumors and more speculation and more information on what the Thunder are looking to do. Very excited about practice today just to kind of get an update on Gordon Hayward and just what the vibe is there um, from, from practice and from Thunder Ion. We'll be in Dallas on Saturday to look at this team and maybe, possibly, potentially, see, uh, see Gordon Hayward's debut. Who knows? Again, we'll learn more about that at practice Friday. Uh, and then they play again Sunday against Sacramento. The big game, some are calling it. At least that's what I think that they're referring to is the big game between the the Thunder and the Kings. So there's going to be a lot of fun to be had. Subscribe for free anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube. We're going to have you covered for the Mavericks recap, the Kings recap, and much, much more, including going to Indiana for All-Star Weekend again. So a two-time All-Star, some would say, here at Locked on Thunder. Subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from. Let me know down below what you think of these trade deadline moves for Oklahoma City. Who do you think won the deadline in terms of it can be the Thunder? It can be any team around the NBA. Who do you think had a really good deadline? What's your thoughts overall on the NBA deadline plus the Thunder deadline plus Gordon Hayward as a whole too? So I'll have to get to. Thank you all for listening. Uh, and until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another.
0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.